Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Box with Farron Lucero and Audra Gentry. Real conversations with real people about team roping and everything in between. So to explain a little bit about what this podcast entails, we'll be having conversations with ropers with all different backgrounds, occupations, stories, and we really want to get to the heart of why this hobby has become such a passion for so many people and all the different experiences that people have, both with team roping and outside of it. Um, some of the conversations will be serious, some will be lighthearted, and hopefully we'll have a little bit of humor in there. I think we should. And at the end of each podcast, we'll be covering uh, roping news from the team roping office, which includes deadlines to hit, qualifiers to head to this upcoming weekend, and what to be paying attention to. Um, Normally, we're going to have a featured guest, uh, but for our very first kickoff, we're just going to be Farron and I. And uh, today, we're just going to be, you know, having a normal conversation. So first, I'd like to introduce my co-host, who really needs no introduction, uh, Farron Lucero. Farron, for the 0.1% in the roping industry who don't know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? How did you get into the roping industry? Do you team rope? What path along the way have you taken to end up where you're at? Well, Audra, thanks. I'm glad to be a part of this. First off, I think this is a great idea out of the box. Everybody's cruising down the road most of the time that they're listening to a podcast, so definitely hope everybody finds it entertaining. I'm originally from New Mexico. I've lived in Stephenville, Texas for the last 17 years, I guess. And uh, But I went to school in Clayton, New Mexico. That's where I graduated high school up in the northeast corner of the state and then I went to uh, college in Portales at Eastern New Mexico University where I got my degree in uh, sports broadcasting. The reason I got a degree in sports broadcasting though is because I was rodeo and I did I did team rope at the time. I used to team rope a lot and um, I had received a scholarship uh, thanks to a man by the name of David Browder and I was rodeoing for him and I decided that one day that I was just going to go be a college student. I just wanted to go experience that so I sold everything. That was about 1999, 2000, somewhere around in there. And uh, I thought I was just done. I said, hey, I'm done. The rodeos were over. I get a phone call. I believe it was still on a landline probably. He says, um, you still owe me a um, an obligation and that obligation is that Tanner Trujillo, who is a bull rider, great guy, uh, he was graduating and usually he announced the High Plains Junior Rodeo. Well, since he was graduating, he opted out and that last college rodeo meeting that I did not make, they nominated the one guy that didn't show up, me, to <laughs> announce this High Plains Rodeo. And I absolutely did not like it. I was fearful to speak in front of people. I didn't like to hear my voice. Uh, but I had to announce it. I was obligated. So about the 16th hour, just because those uh, rodeos take so long, they're youth rodeos, uh, I decided I was going to get a good attitude. I didn't have to do it anymore. I'm just going to have some fun. So I started having some fun on the microphone, tried to make it interesting. I was playing music. I believe I had a Discman, so it was still CDs that I had burned would play music and was just having fun well it all comes to a close and i'm like thank goodness that was over well about a few days later guy walt vi who was in charge of everything says hey will you come announce my high plains junior rodeo in milshu texas which is probably 35 miles away from uh, portalis 
And I said, well, guy, what does it pay? And he told me, and it was way more than I was making at uh, my work-study job at PBS there on the University of BNMU. So I found some speakers. Craig Chavez, actually, a guy that I lived with, another bull rider, he had, he had loaned me some of his speakers to go announce this event. So I go announce it. They pay me, and I'm like, okay, well, thank goodness that was over. Well, it, just one thing led to another and led to another. Then Glennis Aramusby calls me and she says, I need you to announce the High Plains finals. And it was like five or six days. And she says, I'll pay a thousand bucks. And I was like, wow, I'll never see another poor day. And uh, so I go do that. And it was just everything was by default. Unfortunately, I wish it was more intentional because I just kind of did everything based out of, you know, well, what's it going to pay? Because I was so broke. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I didn't really like it. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not like it. Well, people kept hiring me and hiring me because I guess apparently I'm the only one that would say yes or I was that broke. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, a couple years goes by and Arky Kinney, I kept my horses at his place and he's been a family friend. And of course, he announced a bunch of the USTRC ropings. He says, hey, son, we got uh, I need some help in San Angelo. What does it pay? So here we go to San Angelo. I agree on that, and um, there was somebody there recording the event, and I walked by there on one of my breaks, and I heard my voice, and I was like, well, this will be the last one. <laughs> I do. It was awful. I mean, when you hear your voice when it's recorded, you think, uh, how do I have any friends, right? You hear the playback. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, they were hard up for help because they kept hiring me and hiring me. Well... I started to get a little more comfortable, and I thought, well, I would, I'll, I'll be a little more focused. And so I was trying to breathe right. I took some classes. I was a computer information systems major at the time, and I thought, well, I'll take some communication classes. And one of them was, of course, public speaking, and then the other one was like a breathing class to teach you how to breathe and to project. And oh, wow. so, yeah, I took that, and I was practice every time because I thought, well, at this point, if they're going to keep hiring me, I mean, I might assume they're going to keep giving me a job, so I might as well try to do something right. (laughs) Well, there was uh, OLN when it was still a network, the Outdoor Life Network. They were having a show called Cowboy 101, and Red Stegall was the host, and they were trying, they were going to all the uh, Southwest region rodeos, and David Browder allowed me to announce the Portalis Rodeo which that's one of the biggest rodeos. It's the first rodeo of the fall semester. Everybody's got their money. Everybody's still got their grades because class has only been in for a week. So everybody's there. So I get to announce this big rodeo. Well, those guys that were filming, they took a liking to me and they said, hey, man, and this is maybe a month or two later, they said, hey, we need to get some more footage. We're going to have a match rodeo in Alpine. We want to commission you to come announce that. I was like, absolutely. So I go down there and get to know those guys. Well, the next year comes back around, and they're having a showing of this this uh, program on OLN. Mm-hmm. And I, it was my turn to wash dishes there at this trailer house we were renting while going to school. And nobody was there, and I had the TV on. And I was in the kitchen washing dishes. You couldn't see the TV. I heard this announcer come on, and I was like, wow, this guy's got the voice. He's got the texture. He's got the cadence, the confidence. What's this guy doing announcing college rodeos? This guy's really good. And uh, I go into the living room, and it was the Portalis College Rodeo. And this was, now keep in mind, this was three years after I'd started announcing. Right. And I sat there in just awe. 
and I couldn't believe it, it was, was me. you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, finally, I found the confidence. And it's amazing what confidence will produce. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, I did it. Well, I had a professor. His name was Christopher Stashif, Dr. Stashif. And he would call me Ferran. And I would always tell him, Dr. Stashif, it's Ferran. Okay, Ferran. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. So he tells me, he says, hey, so-and-so is graduating, and they he announces the basketball games. He's the floor announcer. Why don't you go try out? Well, I go try out, and I was the only one. And I was so nervous, my hands wouldn't open. Like, it was <laughs> like I was so nervous. And I, again, it was like starting over. And mm-hmm. I'd go, and I'd hit the button to talk in the microphone and be like, um, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then I remember I got some confidence well, they gave me the job because I was the only one that tried out. It was $25 a game. Uh, Mike McGuire was AD. Yeah. And they would pay me after the season, right? Mm-hmm. And so I did that for like two or three years. And I, re- I remember just getting the confidence. And then the minute that like, you just break through and you have all the confidence in the world, and thank goodness I had enough support because it was awful. Um, but they just kept putting me out there. Those games got to be so much fun. I majored in about everything over that Eastern, so I knew all the professors. <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, there's Dr. Brunson and there's Dr. Hybricks. He's the dean of the College of Business. If you guys are business majors, take that class. Or And these professors would start to stand up and wave. And then I guess part of my college experience, I was part of the extracurricular activity. I was self-promoted. So I knew all the sororities. I knew all the fraternities. I knew everybody that was key in all of those. And we would just have those, Farron. How'd you know? Oh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Funny thing, what college? Yeah, funny thing, what Thursday night college nights will produce. (laughs) I was great at networking. Like before Facebook, Facebook. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) That's too easy. Let me, let me, uh, let me go. uh, Hi, my name's Farron Lucero. What's your name? (laughs) Yeah. So I. I got. I knew everybody, and it was just so much fun. I had a blast. And then I graduated college. I went to. Uh, I was a recruiter at Eastern for a year, and then I I was called by USTRC and said, "Hey, man, what are you doing?" And I ended up in Stephenville in about two thousand five. And you've been there ever since. I've been there ever since doing team ropings, and I just. I love team roping. I love the crowd. I love the people that are involved. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll do some bull ridings and some ranch rodeos and some rodeos, and they're a lot of fun. Right. Uh, but my niche has been more team roping, and um, I don't know if I'm. It's just more comfortable. I, I, I'll announce anything now. I'll get in front of people and talk. It's fine. But, um, but team roping has been really good to me. I've uh, made a lot of lifelong friends. I've seen. Mm-hmm. World champions go from being 10 years old to uh, roping at the Thomas and Mac and wearing a gold buckle now. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's been an actually cool ride. And uh, to be a part of their families and just be part of that history and uh, be a part of it all has been absolutely fantastic. I don't think I've ever heard all of that. You know, sometimes you fall into what you're good at. It's not like it's, it's always... People don't always know when they're five years old that they want to do something. You know, you kind of learn and sometimes and the game picks it. you, right? You know, exactly. it's like, oh, that guy, that guy, he ain't got nothing to do. Let's pick that one. So right, and right. I, I've had a lot of great support, so it's been good. But uh, 
you, Audra, tell us about it. You grew up in this industry. You got that the gentry last name. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I you know it's funny too because sometimes I I I don't like to ever tell anybody my last name because I don't want people to make assumptions. But um, I so in this in this industry. But no, I yeah I've been around. You know, I'm Denny and Connie's daughter. I've been around it since I was. Obviously, just very young, and I think the people from back back in the day would say they'd remember me and my sister being dirty kids running around covered in dirt and mud and <laughs> wrecking golf carts and being a little wild. But um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, I never roped or rode uh, mostly because, you know, it was my parents' life, so they didn't necessarily... I mean, they never discouraged us, but... It was so much their life. They encouraged us to try everything. So uh, I did gymnastics, uh, basketball, volleyball, uh, softball, pretty much everything. And uh, I took a liking to volleyball. That was where my, it's what picked me, I guess. And um, had some success in the high school level. Uh, went on to play college volleyball in Austin, Texas. And then um, went on to be a coach after I graduated, uh, I basically moved back to Albuquerque, started working at the World Series. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I had a communications major as well, so I, I didn't really know what my path was. So, you know, my parents said, well, why don't you come work for us for a bit until you can kind of figure out what you want to do? And, you know, that was, I don't know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. So I've, I've been here ever since. And, um, but luckily, when I came back, I was able to coach volleyball uh, at the old high school that I went to, and I've been there off and on for, this will be my 10th year starting this fall. So uh, that's really, you know, more where my passion is, and I guess I understand team roping in the sense that people love the hobby of team roping, and that's how I feel about volleyball. I love it just as much. So I kind of, without being a roper, I can understand kind of, you know, I've spent so much money traveling to tournaments, I can't even tell you. And tournaments for volleyball don't pay anything. So <laughs> I just spent money for a good time, basically. Well, I so. think you should go a little deeper. You were an All-American player in college, <laughs> okay? Uh, how many state titles do you have in high school that you've coached? Uh, that I've coached four. I was a part of, this, of the state championship team as a player and then coached four um, titles. And uh, been in the finals seven times, so three of those we got we got runner up. So um, I think seven or six, but it's I've had a pretty good group. It's been pretty and successful. Coach of the year, how many times? <laughs> a few times for the but... state of New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to brag on you then. Right? I know. Well, I I feel bad. I've, I've talked. So about you this. know about competition. It's and it, it, what's impressive to me too is to be a player. And then to make that transition into coaching, mm -hmm. and you're coaching young minds, mm -hmm. uh, young ladies, and you're teaching them so much. It's it's. Uh, I think people take for granted how hard it is to coach and to teach and to um, to be able to form a team mm -hmm. and then create a championship team. Because well, I, I mean, I think that's absolutely impressive. So I, it's a competition's competition because I was talking to T Woolman the other day and I introduced my son to T and I said, Hey, Eli, this is, uh, this is T Woolman right here. Here's a guy that if you want to learn something and learn how to win and T tells Eli, he says, son, it's right here. 
It says six inches right between your ears. He says it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you're talking about NFR qualifier. I, I mean, just mm-hmm. this guy's credentials, it don't matter. Rides the nicest horses, does absolutely everything. But he even he tells you it's right in the mind. Right. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. You know, I I will say this. I don't want to make it sound like it's been an easy road for me. The first few years, you know, it's actually the soccer coach at at Sandia Prep who encouraged me not to quit. I had a, a team that wouldn't listen to me. They would they they weren't trusting what I was telling them. And I'm not really like I wouldn't say I'm a soft coach, but I, I feel like I can reason with kids. You know, I actually read an article recently about how the Rams, you know, they won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and their culture over there is not to scream and yell and berate and they're trying to switch the mentality with positive reinforcement. How can we get the most out of people by helping them and picking them up? And that's always kind of been my mindset as a coach because that's what's worked best for me as a player. I don't, I never like to be. Things have changed even when I played or you and I were athletes because, you know, I've had coaches. I can't even tell you the names that I've been called by coaches. And now you obviously can't do that. And I don't. I think you should. I think there's a better way to do it. But in the beginning, you know, I, I really struggled a lot because really what coaching is, is management. It's how do you manage a group of kids? And then once you can manage them, then how do you teach them and have them buy into your knowledge? And then the last step to me is balancing the nerves. And that's the part. It's all in your head. You know, mm-hmm. once you get to the level that you get to, you have to be able to understand how to manage your nerves and To me, the coach's main responsibility when you're in a championship mode is I must basically suck up all of the negativity and stress that that kid has and put it onto me and manage it. Because if they're acting stressed, then I'm not doing my job taking care of the team. So um, I think I've learned that at least. So Absolutely. So, I mean, you take a look at the finale and what the finale paid this last year. and You got guys backed in the box. They mm-hmm. rope all the time. It's recreational team rope, and you're sitting in the number ten, and there's roping for three hundred something thousand dollars, and it comes right. down to one steer, and they have all this opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and you know to manage all those emotions and right. to silence the mind of mm-hmm. not wanting to overthink it or or underthink it or 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 choke or you know it, there's just so much there. Well, and, and it's individual based too. The oh, way yeah. you deal with stress is way different than the way I deal with stress. So it's like T woman could get advice to somebody and it might work for them, but it may not because some people like the pressure and other people don't. And really, I think the people that become the cream of the crop are the ones who understand how to manage that pressure over and over and over again, not just once, but every time. Well, yeah, know? sustained success. That's the key. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've also been able to uh, been fortunate to interview a lot of champions uh, at and at every level. Right. And one of the one question that I asked one year, and I wanted to know from each one of them, what is the hardest steer for you to rope? Mm-hmm. The commonality for that group, the ones that were the true winners that had the sustained success, was the first one. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, why is that?" He says, "They said because after I roped the first one, you're paying me." And it was the emphasis on the steer. If your emphasis is the third one, I can get past the first two, but then like the third one makes you nervous. 
well, you're not, you know, the odds of you finishing that are going to be less than, well, I got past the first one. And it was just like the perspective. And I thought that was very interesting. And you can compare that to, let's say, a championship run. So in state, we have to play three matches to get to the state championship. If my kids are worried about the state championship, we're going to lose the first game. It doesn't matter. So it's the same exact thing. You can't worry about the third steer until you rope your first steer, because the third steer doesn't matter if you miss your first steer. If you miss that first game, you're not in the championship anymore. So... I think it's got those similarities there on the sports end of things and the competitive ends of things that you have to kind of approach things one at a time. And mm-hmm. I could even you could even say that in life too, you know, with with your job or with work. If you're always looking to the end instead of putting in the work to get there, you're never going to make it to the end or the way you want it to be. So. Got to be very intentional. Right, exactly. Very intentional, just clear. Right. Um so fair and something I'm going to ask you know, other guests when we have them on, you know, what is your why? And, and in particular, like, what would you say your passion truly is when it comes to this industry and like outside of this industry? Well, I think outside and inside this industry, my passion, what I really like to see is I like to see people overcome and do well. I like to see people have fun. Uh, People are my passion. Some of them mm-hmm. can totally drain the energy out of you, but they're still my passion, right? I, I really sincerely like to see people do well. So to be able to announce, and you know, there was um, there's a guy named Colton Britton. He comes up to me one time at an event, and he says, Farron, do you remember that short round in 2011 at Waco at the Lone Star Regionals, and you said this, and you played this, and I mean, they're quoting stuff verbatim. And, you know, here recently, I, like I said, I've been announcing for a long time. The other day, I was doing an event in Stephenville, and it was, um, it, it's still nice to hear, hey, we appreciate this, or hey, that was great. But people that weren't even roping, there was a guy there, he's an older man, one in rope, he didn't even look like a team roper, looked like he just decided he was going to go watch something at at the venue and uh, enjoy the day and he come and shook my hand and told me how much fun he had but I want people to have those kind of experiences I want people I want it to be an experience and so my why is I like to read a lot of books I like to uh, listen to a lot of music um, I like to listen to a lot of the stories and I just pick up on a lot of things from different people to create that experience. I want I want somebody to leave there feeling better, uh, somebody thinking about something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's their idea and it's nothing I pressed or anything. It just, you know, it'll it'll think, uh, make them think. Um, but my why is 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 the people. I I really there's there's so much in this world going on and there's even more going now without getting too serious or anything that team roping is a release um, and when they come I want it to be fun I want it to be comfortable I want it to be family and friends I want people to be like I am so happy we came to this event this was this was good I laughed a little bit I got away from my problems and I had fun but that's that's more or less what gets me going. 
I will say, I think you do a good job of that, Farron. I, I don't know if people tell you that, but I every time I'm in the stands and you're making jokes up there on the announcer's stand, everyone's like, oh, did you hear what Farron said? That's funny. And I would say that people do feel that about you. So that's something to definitely be proud of. Well, sure. I appreciate that. What uh, What about you? What gets you ticking? Well, you know, I, I will say this. Working in this industry, I think... My family's legacy and working for the family business has been important to me. Um, You know, I've always been trying to find my passion, blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, you know, I enjoy this job. And I think I was searching forever for something that's work is works. Work's always going to be work. There's very few people in the world that can say that, you know, I never, I've never worked a day in my life. Well, I don't know. I would disagree. Some days you can drudge on and some days are great. And this industry has treated me well. And I've learned so much from different people and different perspectives. And, you know, I'm kind of a city kid from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, and I, I didn't grow up in this life, but I did. So I've kind of had my foot in on both sides. And, and just to be a part of my family's business has really changed my life. And I, I, I've appreciated everybody I've met and everybody that I work with, you know, I've known some of these people since I was two years old. And so everybody feels like family, not just my own biological family, but the people I work with and I've been friends with and close with. So, um, that and the customer experience, I, you know, it's really meant a lot. And I think that I can relate with a lot of different ropers, even though I do come from kind of a different world. So um, that's kind of been why I, you know, why I've enjoyed this job and why I've stayed. And, and, you know, I like to write stories and I like to tell people stories and I like to post things and I like to talk to people and just kind of figure out kind of like what you were saying, but you do it more out front. And I'm a little bit more behind the scenes. But either way, I think, both of our jobs are to show how much this sport has meant to so many different people. And I think that, I think that's basically, you know, that's the main reason why I love working here and I have, and I've never left is because, you know, I, I do love the, the people that are in this industry. So there's a a segment that we're going to do whenever we have another guest on. And so we're going to do it with each other, but you know, coming up, we're going to do it with a guest, but basically it's going to be, called the most embarrassing roping moment and so I'm going to ask you Farron but this will be more broad for you like within the industry or even announcing what do you think is your most embarrassing moment well for the listeners because I'm sure we have a broad range of them uh, (laughs) (laughs) well I'll I'll give you this one I had just started announcing and um, it was at a college rodeo there at Eastern New Mexico University I was talking to one of my good buddies Monty Aiken and um, so I learned a li- real quick lesson right here, too. Uh, while I was announcing, Monty was telling me this story. And being the kind individual I was, I was uh, trying to listen to the story, trying to uh, add to the story and be a participant, like, oh, yeah, what happened next, and try to announce this rodeo. And uh, rookie mistake. <laughs> and so Monty's telling me about it and this and this story unfortunately ends in a bad way. And while he's telling me the story and he's ending up the story and I'm about to add to the story to say how in awe I was of how bad this situation was. This guy's roping this calf. It's a tie down roping. He ropes the calf at the back end of Lewis Cooper Arena at the time. That arena is a big pen. And he's at the back end. 
and he's tying this calf, and he gets up and starts shooting the calf, like if you know he had just accomplished something great, like he, if he had like a seven second run, right? It was like eighteen <laughs> seconds, and he's shooting the calf. And I comment, and the comment that I said <laughs> would come across very wrong over the microphone. Well, it came across the microphone, and it came across very wrong. And I mean, this place just starts laughing. And I am trying to find a rock to hide under because <laughs> I shouldn't have said what I said. It was a hot mic. Can you can you give us like a little example of what you might have said or just like, you know, allude to it? <laughs> I am alluding to it. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good. It was uh, a very unfortunate circumstance. And this Monty Aiken was laughing so hard. I was so red. Um, I, I just, I, that, I still cringe when I think about it. Just because you've got too much going on. So now when I announce, because of that, <laughs> I got to be alone and nobody's got to be talking because it, it can happen. You just, your mouth gets to running and your, well, your mind throws it out of your mouth and you have no control over it. It's the weirdest Thing that could ever happen and uh but yeah it was very unfortunate uh well so if that guy's me, listening i'm sure he remembers i'm sorry i've been waiting 17 years for this and i feel better now well let me tell you let me tell you i i feel bad too in my moment um so i you know i've uh -oh. been working the the finale for since it started in 2006, the World Series finale, and uh, I was working the the office. And so now if you ever see me at the finale, I, I do the interviews and stuff and we put them in the short round. That's me who's over there. But I um, was working at the, the desk and uh, I had overheard the announcers during the short round say, well, this guy's roping and his wife's nine months pregnant. And so the short round's over. I didn't see what team it was. I wasn't paying attention. It was just kind of in the back of my mind because I had heard it over the, the speaker. So I didn't get to watch because we were working. So, you know, I'm back at the desk and this guy comes to collect his money after the short round and he's with um, his wife. But and I said I made a comment that was like, oh, congratulations. I heard you're nine months pregnant. And which is the worst part, I think, because I didn't say she was a little pregnant. Like I said, she was almost She's to due. term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She wasn't she wasn't pregnant and she was so mad at me. And I felt horrible because I just was in the zone of working and I wasn't even thinking about it. I just was like, oh, congratulations. Yeah. Never again will I ever assume anybody is pregnant. Yeah, that, so. that might, yeah just no. I'll tell you, too. I was announcing a ranch rodeo in uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I was so new to this. I was following Arky Kitty around. And if anybody had heard Arky, Arky was, could be so hard. And he's so funny, though. But I had stole one of his lines during one of the ranch bronc riding. And I said, well, here we go, folks. Here's a young guy right here. He's rich, young, and single. Well, <laughs> he's single. And two out of three ain't bad. And, uh, well, afterwards... His wife comes up. Oh, I'll boy. have you know, he is not single. I'm like, oh. So my why changed real quick. You better know that you know or don't say anything. Yeah. Anything. I was like, okay, not making up anything, anything else. That did not work out. <laughs> yeah, you don't want someone coming after you. 
No, no, I didn't want to be beat up right there in front of everybody. <laughs> That's funny. She was, well, she was mad. I appreciate you doing that segment. We're going to ask different people that on, on the next podcast. So on that note, let's get to some news. First and foremost, make sure you get entered into the USTRC National Finals of Team Roping. Forms are on the website, and you can enter online at globalhandicaps.com, or you can call into the office Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, and we'll help you out. Key card and earned discount entries must be postmarked by April 5th. Online and call-in entries must be made by April 12th to save some money. Direct mail-in, online, and on-site entries can be made anytime up until 8 a.m. the day of the roping. Hotel rooms are selling out quick, so head to USTRC.com, go to the drop-down menu finals, and click host hotels. If you know for sure you're going, make sure you have a place to stay before hotels fill up. Farron, what's coming up this weekend? Well, we have three World Series qualifiers coming up. We have the Wickenburg, Arizona qualifier by Fuller Productions, the Homedale, Idaho qualifier by Triple T Productions, and the Northeast Kansas Classic in Topeka, Kansas that is both a World Series qualifier and a USTRC Signature Series Ropen. Now, all the information for all of these events can be found on the websites at wstroping.com and ustrc.com. All right, Farron, anything else you can think of? No, Draw, I think everything's good. I had fun. I can't wait to see where this podcast goes and uh, safe travels to everybody. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining Out of the Box. This will be a bi-monthly, so every two weeks. So tune in in two weeks from now to hear our first guest. Thanks a lot, Farron. Thank you. Thank you.